Shitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. And Trevor, I think we had a lot of fun last week mm. doing some adventure games, some point-and-click adventure games. One of our favourite kind of styles, one of our favourite genres of game, I suppose. We still haven't found that nugget, so we're going to go again and try to find that nugget. <laughs> uh, yes, we're going to continue mining the adventure game minds until we find our gold nugget adventure game that we can really sink our teeth into and sell for a million dollars. So before we do that, I, I want to bring hmm. up a, a game idea that I've, I'll be perfectly honest. We have talked a little bit about this. Yep. I sort of mentioned, you know, a little while to you that I, I had this simple idea for, for an adventure game that we could do at this, at, this thing coming up, which was basically it's set in an alley and, yes. you know, a, a, a sort of a new, a very green detective comes in and has to do the, um, has to question and witness and all this sort of stuff. Sure. And then we were sort of joking around in the car as we were coming home and I, off the top of my head, came up with the idea that the detective is actually a work experience student and has just been thrown into into investigating a murder as as part of his work experience. So he's got um, only a short amount of time to do this, but and has had no training. And, <laughs> and he's getting paid fuck all. He's getting paid five dollars a day. <laughs> Is that still the going rate for work experience? Oh, most likely. Know. Most likely. So yeah, okay. I, I this is a fun idea. Uh, one of the things we do like to do with these adventure games. Uh, particularly because there is also an adventure game jam coming up, as Trevor mm-hmm. sort of referenced, uh, which is a, I think it's a two week jam. But either way, the, it's, it's good to scope down our ideas into something that could be done, uh, in that sort of time frame. So yes, having a single location or just one or two locations, uh, is often a benefit to that. So. I, I like this idea of, of just set in the alley and and having some puzzles and some dialogue and such, I guess, set up there. Yep. And then when you can even then, once you get, uh, once you work out what who your suspect is, you can take him into an interview, you know, into the interrogation mm. room and you can have this work experience kid who is obviously got a croaky voice. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very much the, the, the kid going through puberty from The Simpsons. Yep. Hi. <laughs> so, sir, uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. Okay. So I like this. Let's, let's have a bit of a think about it. Let's have a bit, bit of a think about how it might, how it might play out. Because obviously, you know, I think this also falls well into that, uh, kind of bumbling protagonist that a lot of the comedy adventure games you know, often, often go for the guy brush, you guy brush three, wood, you Roger Wilco. Yep. Uh, you leisure suit Larry, you know, there, there's always a bit of that. So I, li- I think that works well with it. You Zach McCracken and the alien mindbenders. Yeah. Yeah. Just someone who's kind of, who's, who's managing to stumble into success mm. essentially. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's, if that works well, just because often adventure games have ridiculous solutions to things. And so. You know, it makes sense that a bumbling fool would try that and it would happen to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels a bit like that sort of game. Yeah. 
Uh, so my first thought was, okay, you have a very simple scene of the the kid sort of arrives and the and the sergeant there or the lead detective sort of says, does their mum does his mum does their mum drop him off? It's like, oh, so <laughs> young detective. Did you, I saw that your mum dropped you off at the crime scene <laughs> straight away. It's like straight yeah. into, well, welcome, welcome to your first day of work experience. You're going to be lead on this on this case. <laughs> <laughs> Have some dialogue options, you know. The kid thought that he was just going to be working the front desk or like going on a ride along, ride along or something. <laughs> it's like, well, that's true, but we've had a lot of resignations and uh, dishonorable discharges recently due to the fact that all cops are bastards. So <laughs> we are and, short on men and, and short on and cash. Women. And, and that's why we, we've gone to our <laughs> next, our next logical source of detectives. The local high school. <laughs> so, if you'd like to put this badge on, <laughs> here is your gun. <laughs> here is your here is your taser. Here is your nightstick. Here is your gun, and here is your semi-automatic rifle. And here and here is your backup weapon. Please strap that to your ankle. <laughs> But it's a shotgun. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm saying that you could easily, you know, have a few jokey things off, yeah, of off course. the start, and you know, you can you can give yourself a call sign and all this sort of stuff, and you can choose between a few different you things. Choose a call sign. Okay, that's cool. So then, how how was how was this person murdered? What happened? We'll work backwards. Okay, they were beheaded. Oh, God. (laughs) Super gory. They were hung by their own intestines. (laughs) Um, No, okay, we we can make it a little bit more simple. We can... We can say that they were they were strangled via garrote wires, a la your your Hitman-esque sort of kill. Right, right. And then dumped in an an alleyway with no clothes. Okay, how how serious are we making the the solution to this crime, or is or are we going about this through very you know wacky means? I like going through serious means to offset the de- the police department. the The fact that the police department is like just completely buffoonery, yeah, complete, complete buffoonery. buffoonery, and you happen to. You know, one of the witnesses has blood all over their hands or something like that, or has, you know, a necklace made of piano wire. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the challenge then comes from how do you make it, make sure that it's interesting for the player. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the puzzles, the puzzles in a game like this don't actually have to be about solving the crime. They could be about proving the crime. It's like, yeah, it could just be there's a, there's a, person there who is saying they're a witness who obviously did it Mm -hmm. but you need to like convince them to tell you where the murder weapon is or to you know to get their finger like to get a sample of the blood or something like you need to solve puzzles then to 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 do that yeah that could actually be a fun little yeah um but yeah i I, there's just something about uh a back alley and all that sort of stuff and you can you can 
have a couple of witnesses off to the side. You can have, you know, uh, a police photographer sort of, you know, taking photos every now and again. And you've got to maybe one of the puzzles is you've got to actually be able to get the get the photos downloaded off of that thing because they're inept in in you know technology and therefore there's like a mini game in which you're you know um well maybe you got to like get the film development like maybe they're still <laughs> using yeah but film a te- cameras. i can't imagine that a teenager would know how to do that whereas a teenager would know how to connect up right connect up the the camera to a to the pc and download the photos it's got to be something so super simple that it's like you put the you put the cable in and you hit download and all the photos come down. Well, what about what about? Uh, oh my god! Just <laughs> if the if the victim was beheaded, mm-hmm. but one of the puzzles is you have to try to use their face ID to unlock their phone, <laughs> and so you have to like. <laughs> The head is, like, hanging up high or something. You have to find a way to get the phone up in front of the head uh, to unlock it. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is something about a grisly murder scene because of the juxtaposition between a between yeah, of a, course. a kid should really not be in this in this scene whatsoever. How does how does the kid react to, to being put in this position? Do you think like are they completely uh, like out of their mind, you know, scared and and or do they? Is this some fucking cocky little bastard who's just like, "Yep, I'm gonna do this." I I kind of like the idea of a cocky little bastard because as a you know, um, even a silent protagonist, like quite often, mm. protagonists will be kind of silent. But I know, I mean, less so in adventure games, yeah. <laughs> My name is Guybrush Threefoot, and I and I'm a mighty detective. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time he sees a dead body, he throws up. <laughs> just, <laughs> just have a mechanic that any time you walk t- like too close to the body, you're just constantly vomiting. Just put in some nice uh, lick, like decal oh, stuff. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, you turn that into a puzzle for me. The, the verb bar down the bottom goes barf and <laughs> wretch. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it, it, it changes so you've only got those verbs based on your proximity to the body. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there. I think there's some really fun stuff you can do with that. I mean, I wasn't the first one to ever come up with that because I found out the other day that... Secret of Monkey Island actually did that first. Did what first? The changing oh, of the changing verbs. changing the verb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because when you... The only way that you can die in, see, in the Secret of Monkey Island is to stay underwater for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And not solve the simple puzzle of picking up the idol. Um, yep. And then the verbs turn into different different ways of, like, blob and float because you're dead and that's oh, all really? you can do. Yeah. I don't think I'd seen that. Yeah. That's funny. So that's actually kind of awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> so you're thinking there's a verb bar then? I think a simple verb bar. I don't For think the controls. I don't think it's just- It's not like the nine different or 12 different verbs need- that- No. Because, I mean, use and pull and yank and or pull and pull- push and pull mm. uh, they can all be sort of under under the use or operate yeah, sort of, of verb and and i like having a pick up i like p 
pickup being separate to um to, to use. operate. Yep. Yeah. I do I do like having those options. Um I I I agree like I think there is good reason why adventure games is simplified to a certain degree down to you know look at and use almost being all you need. But I do think there's something to be said for some for having the verb bar there for some more subtle puzzles like talking to something you know, being a solution to a puzzle, whether it's a, an intercom or a, you know, because using it, you, you might not always imply that or, or whatever, right? Yeah. So, one of the things I've recently just played all the way through Monkey Island 1, uh, just finished it in the last couple of days. Yep. I noticed that I actually, I was playing the, um, the remake, well, the remaster, uh, yes. which you could hit like what was it f10 or whatever and you could switch between the old and the new Mm -hmm. because the old had the verb bar down the bottom and all the inventory always on the screen yeah i all i just went through the whole game using that because i don't have to remember where's the inventory again like there's always the verbs that I wanted down the bottom and I could just go do, 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 and away it went. Yeah, there is something to be said for that. And I think in the 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 current day of modern resolutions as well, uh, screen resolutions, we've got the real estate. Yes. Like, it, it doesn't hurt to have- like Thimbleweed Some Park UI. reminded me how good it was to have a mm. verb bar down, down the bottom again. And yeah, you still I have enough nice. enough space to actually do everything else. Now, we could even make it smaller because you don't need as, yeah, as I don't much. I think you need the whole like, thing. Even if you just had like four verb icons, you know, you had like look at, use, pick up, talk to or something, you know, or something like that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, one line of inventory, basically. Or two lines, you know, you, they don't... Again, yeah, one or two. you've got a pretty big screen, you know, 1920 by 1080 or whatever, and you can... Yeah. You can get some pretty detailed things for inventory down the bottom. It depends on how much inventory you got. If you don't think that you're going to well, have much, it. then- Like, if it's something, if it's a Day of the Tentacle style thing where you're going to pick up, you know, 12 things and have them all in your inventory at once, then maybe you then need a bit more. Maybe but- you need a bit more. But if you if you literally got, um, you know, your gun, your <laughs> gun, bullets, badge, uh, notebook, <laughs> and your CSI f- field kit- and your backup weapon. Um, and your backup weapon, your shotgun. Yeah, and at one stage you can pick up the head and you can put that in there and you can get, like, a whole heap of fingerprints. And so, yeah, I'm starting to see that we could actually really fill out that um, that inventory bar. Yeah, and, and look, there's something to be said, I think, for adventure games where there's a, there's a bit of fun to collecting inventory things. And I know that it can get tedious if... You're trying to solve a puzzle and you got, you know, 10 things in your inventory and you, it's not obvious what you're supposed to do next. You end up like, use that, you know, use every inventory thing on everything you can. But I mean, that's more of, that's more of the puzzle design, but not being great. Yeah. Because I think it can be fun to just have fun little inventory items that, you know, you might only use for one puzzle. Yeah. Even though they've been in your inventory, like, the whole time. Like, you might only use your, your gun once for some stupid gag joke or something. Or gag, you know, joke puzzle. Mm-hmm. 
but I think it's worth it for that just for the sort of world building and the joke that it's there at all. Obviously, you can, if it, if they, it gives you the opportunity if the player tries to use the gun on things in the world that you can write funny responses to it. Uh, you know, and I know it's a lot of work writing all the combinations of inventory, you know, funny responses for incorrect inventory items, but I feel like that's just a big part of the charm of the classic adventure of game. Of the classic adventure game, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think we could do quite a lot with that. I don't think we need to go on the full deep dive for the full hour on this. I think we can we can see that's some fine. other stuff. You, but- you did talk about, so just, you know, you, you, we've talked about the alley and being the homicide oh, yeah, detective. Yeah. We'd... You talked to I, me I previously about <laughs> if you were to extend it further into a full you could game, have, you could have game. all five days of of the um, of the work experience, week of work experience. Yep. So he's working narcotics. He's working in you know maybe the firearms. You know, vi- yeah. um, not vice. That's that's also it's <laughs> also narcotics. Um, but yeah, just just going into different. Like maybe some yeah, undercover just work, like or- major crimes or whatever, or <laughs> just he he gets he gets to do some do a patrol and and then gets thrown the car keys and it's like there you go, Junior, you you can drive the car. <laughs> oh, you- yeah, and then you've got a, a little mini game where you, where you can only see an inch over the uh, the dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think as a full game that could be really fun, and, and particularly if each one of them. You know, and this is a, a series we've referenced uh, a lot before, but in a similar way to the Dark Side Detective series, where in, particularly in the first game, there were very few locations per kind of case, you know, maybe four or five. Uh, you could keep that even smaller. Like, you could have them be these really these just these little mini stories, little mini puzzles in, you know, one or two locations. And then you do a bunch of them. Mm. Like, one of the things that I really didn't like from the very end of Monkey Island 1 was when you got the when you got the rowboat and you're having to go between, like, the cannibals in the north part of the island and then you've got to go back to where, where the chuck is and you have to go between them a few times before, finally, when you actually get the route at the end, they go a short hike, a, a quick rowboat later and, you know... And I've wandered yeah. through the jungle. And it's like, you should have done that before. Now that we know where we're going between, like, it would have been good if I didn't have to keep on going back between the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look, that's, I think that's one of those things where, I mean, it's like in Monkey Island, it's like the following, like finding the Swordmaster as well, you know. Not that you had to go back and forth through that a lot, but once, I think that, in, that one was done better where it's like, this is this weird maze or whatever, and and they use that maze twice, which is pretty fantastic. Like that they actually right for yeah for the the t shirt as well, right? So yeah, one for the treasure hunt, one for the swordmaster. But for the swordmaster, you had to had to get the shopkeeper to go yeah, to find. follow the shopkeeper. Yeah, but of course, I can't remember what actually reminded or what what let you know that the shopkeeper knew that where the swordmaster was. It's just like a line of dialogue. Yeah, that you just had to. I ask think you him. just talk to him. Yeah. And it's like, mm. uh, I mean, I think, I think that's all you need, really. Mm. You solved it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's hard to, it's hard to judge now. It's hard to go back and go, would I have solved this if this is my first time playing it and not my like tenth? 
But uh, oh, you only played it ten times. I swear, I've got more than that. God. All right, shall we do another? Let's maybe get a random location. Location. Mm-hmm. Have you got one ready? Because I do. No, I don't. So give me one. Let's see. Man cave. A man cave. All right. He's in. It's a, a location ripe for satire. Mm. Okay. So is this a? <laughs> it's an investigative game where um, this this guy's There's gone been missing. A <laughs> this guy's gone missing, and his wife has to go through the man cave and find find like clues as to where he might have gone. Oh, see, I was thinking that this is this is a perfect opportunity for satirical stuff on sort of the stupid sitcom idea of men mm. like a very tim allen-esque character it's got car car stuff everywhere wrestling or wrestling sorry uh, wrestling wrestling yeah like beer signs yep yeah and and that we play with that and and kind of ridicule it this the the whole toxic masculinity thing a little bit of the mm. scantily clad women and you know very misogynistic oh no yeah that's, that's just toxic masculinity let's yeah let's maybe not do that side of it <laughs> well i just mean that you'd you know if you do it right if you do it right you could you can satirize it right yeah. you can you can make this this character into the villain essentially mm-hmm. uh i suppose the challenge then is you know how how do you bring the story into that where does this who who are you playing are you playing the the wife are you playing a friend are you playing this character you don't want to make them into a hero in that if they're awful like that but i i kind of like the idea of playing the wife mm. there's there's something about that that you know, maybe she starts to realise, oh, who did I actually marry? You know, what have yeah. you done for me lately? <laughs> to quote, well, it gives me, uh, uh, it gives me a Kevin can fuck himself yeah. vibe, which is the, the TV show on Amazon, uh, which plays with the like directly with the sitcommy trope sides mm-hmm. of things, including you know laugh track and stuff. Um, I don't think we go that far, but yeah, sort of seeing. Those very, tra- like, I was going to say traditional, I suppose they're traditional, but seeing that side, that, that culture from the perspective of the wife mm. to whom it's just gross. I, I kind of like the idea of having that juxtaposition like what Kevin can fuck himself has of yeah. you've got like the the bright and shiny sort of thing when he's in the scene and then it becomes dark and gloomy and and oppressive when mm. when she's in in the scene by himself it's sort of like the 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 luster sort of gets removed as he as he leaves the scene and you can sort of see it filtering from the side and you can actually play with that that whole idea of the um yeah i'm trying to think how I'll, how that would play out well i i think the whole thing's in a 2d um, yeah, the two D sort of adventure gamey sort of thing, but when he leaves the room, it's almost like that aura sort of just fades from the side of the screen. You've essentially got like a different background. 
the same background, it, just no, like the same, yeah. the same space, but now it's like gross, and you know, the the expression on the woman in the wall is not sexy. It's like put, you know, <laughs> tired and frustrated. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like fully grimy or anything like that. But I know maybe a little bit of grime could actually add, yeah, to the oppressive nature of it, and and just there's like socks and tissues on the floor, and <laughs> there's, there's you know, <laughs> it's it's essentially like the things that he glosses over. Now you see them once he leaves. Uh, yeah, that could be interesting. I, I feel like it, it, it's maybe hewing a bit too close to just yeah, to that idea, but it, it, it uh, from Kevin can fuck himself, but yeah, I don't know. I think let's move on. I think that there was some, that there's just, that there could be an interesting, interesting game there, but it's kind of hard to, hard to dig into in this context. Um, okay. Here's an interesting one. Customer service desk. Ooh. Okay. So this gives a good opportunity for again single location, but with a lot of character, like a lot of characters that could come through. Perhaps mm-hmm. uh, there's some sort of management uh, of the keys, making sure that you're giving the right key out to the right people, and all this sort of stuff. Like, where who are you giving keys? Why are you giving away keys? I know. I, I pictured this was a customer service desk of a motel for some reason. Okay, motel. Or that hotel. makes more sense. I think we hadn't we hadn't clarified that. Now that you have, yes. I'm <laughs> at a hotel. Like, yeah, it's a key party. No, that's, that's <laughs> it's fine. a customer service that's, desk at a key party. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's just you. Obviously, in your mind, you had something there, and you hadn't said it out loud. So I was confused. <laughs> Uh, no, I like it being at a hotel. I think that's that's cool because there's a there's again a lot you can uh, a lot that can happen. Yeah, there. I mean you you can be taking messages for people. You can be making sure that you got the wake up call happening at the right time, and you know. Well, yeah, I think I think we want to keep it to the adventure game. So uh, less, I think less uh, mechanics yeah. around you know regular things. I mean, I think they could. Those could happen as events in the story, mm-hmm. for sure. And, I mean, you could put some interesting mechanics in there if you wanted some time-based mechanics. Not not actual, like, elapsed time for the player, but in-game time where something's going to happen at a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. And that can be foreshadowed by, oh, so-and-so wants their wake-up call or, uh, you know. Because then you could- I do like that idea of sort of highlighting time passing in this space, and that's the the story progresses a different way in different ways. And so it could even be, oh, we've got, you know, that your your manager in the morning says, you know, well, we've got a you know we've got a very important celebrity coming. They're arriving at two p.m. when you know everything needs to be ready. You need to give them the best possible service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shit's hitting the fan though. Up until then, you know, it's it's sort of that's. That could be a fun vibe for it all. Yeah. And I, I can see that in some of these hotels and stuff like that, they've got live-in guests that, you know, yeah. sometimes they've they've been living there for, for quite a while. So, it was like, there's a permanent room, you know, Mr. Smith likes his, likes his you know, food delivered at 5 p.m. promptly. And then 
maybe some some crazy stuff has gone on and you didn't deliver the food. And yeah, he he actually either calls up or turns up down there, and it's the first time that you've actually seen him, and he's pissed. And it's yeah. Well, there's a few ways you could do it. Like the 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 choice we have to make here is is this relatively linear in that like for something like that is it predetermined that you you cannot mm-hmm. get him his food in time like. Something happens at 4 p.m. and it essentially, the only time that time passes is when you've resolved all that and now it's 5.15 and he's pissed and he comes down. Like, that's sort of the next beat of the story. Yeah. Or you've almost got some branching stuff where if you solve a puzzle a certain way or you make certain choices, you can, you know, get there in time and and make him happy or you might not. And then, yeah, you have a different- a different path. Uh, obviously, the latter is uh, much more difficult to to write and you know and make, keep track make of. it all <laughs> keep track of. Particularly, yeah, particularly if you want those choices to have any sort of effect later on. Yeah, one thing that I'm that I'm seeing is a kid hands in a wallet right at the very start of the game, saying, "I found mm-hmm. I found this on the pool deck," and it's like. Your whole thing is trying to find who owns this wallet, but you don't get the time to every time that you sort of, you know, go to open the wallet, then something else happens. It's sort of like. <laughs> right. It always triggers the next thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, and you could have a, you know, it gives you opportunity for a wacky cast of characters. You know, there's the concierge who sort of bosses you around and, you know, they're the ones who's like, who are. You know, Mr. Jones must have his food by 5 p.m., you know, make sure you do it or whatever he tells you early on. Um, because he's the- Well, because they're the one who knows all the- Yeah, all yep. the important guests and the living guests and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, your fellow customer service people or the hotel manager or- Yeah, the bellhops that the come guests. by. They're, they're a colourful yeah. group of characters. Yeah. They're, they're going yeah. around. They're and, all like and, fucking teenagers or something. Well, they're all running around. It's sort of like, I don't know, some sort of some sort of crazy adventure that they're having all on their own where- Yeah, just like trying to get the luggage up there as yeah. fast as possible. And, and they're yeah. tetrising it all all together. And yeah, it looks like they're having a whale of a time. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Back to one of our previous games from like three years ago. <laughs> Maybe four years ago. <laughs> Maybe. Actually. Uh, cool. Should we, should we move on? Yes. To the greenhouse. Ooh, a greenhouse. Okay. I'm almost picturing that you're maybe some sort of, like, woodland creature or some sort of little pixie or something. Mm-hmm. That it could be that you'd live in this greenhouse. In a magical greenhouse. Yeah. Well, or just in a regular greenhouse and you have to deal with the humans coming in. <laughs> or well, they've, negle- they've been neglecting their plants here or something. Mm-hmm. And, or, or almost like a like a borrower's or, a, you know, just just that vibe. Just the- yeah. Because then you could have some really cool scenes where it's just, you know, on a on a- shelf with the potting mix and the 
whatever, and they've shoved a particular plant up there and, yeah, or, or on, on their workbench with their tools and hmm. the, the, cut, the cut corpse of plants that they've trimmed, <laughs> the limbs. Letitia, no, what did they do to your wonderful petals? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have it be this real. <laughs> But yeah, maybe it's the actual plants themselves are the characters and they're essentially, I mean, they're almost slaves then, which maybe goes a little bit dark, but. I, I, I like the idea of having like your woodland pixie. He's, he or she is the, um, yeah. is like your character and they're going, but like they're able to travel around to numerous places within this greenhouse and. You know, because it turns out that in this world, like, every greenhouse has a pixie who helps make the, um, helps keep the plants calm and, and, yeah, fed well and all this sort of stuff. So that there's. So is that, is there some sort of governing body that sends pixies out to greenhouses as they're built, or are they, is it when a greenhouse is built, it brings a pixie into being? Yeah, I think the first night, um, or the the first full moon, like, a pixie is... The first full moon after a greenhouse is built. Yes. A pixie will be brought into the world to care for the creatures within. And you, you just see the moonlight shining down on this greenhouse. And this pixie sort of just gets, like, assembled from all these... Bits of like vines and leaves, vines, and- leaves, and dust, and it's like, yeah, <sighs> take takes his first takes breath, their in, first breath, or their first yep. breath, breath, and I know that I, I think then, you know, you've you've got some stuff that the character doesn't know, like yeah. Because I think you you just play it out from like you just that just that's the, literally the opening of the game. Yeah, yeah. So there's stuff that's gone on in this past up to thirty days, like well, up to twenty eight days. Yes. Yeah. Um, you don't know how long the, it's been there for, but these plants are are somewhat traumatized, maybe, and don't necessarily mm. trust you. And it's over the next like couple of nights that they actually trust you. And okay, this is interesting. So. I'm just trying to think now, what what are the sorts of puzzles that would be in a game like this? Are you trying to solve the plant problems? Like, you know, you come across the sunflower wilting in a corner. I can see plants having, you know, being planted in the wrong section because they're not getting enough sun or they're getting too much sun, you know, not enough water. Um, But you'd want to make... You'd want to make... Like, I think maybe the first one or two you come across, like, the first the first puzzle to solve is a plant that's been put aside and isn't getting any sun. Yeah. Right? And so, you either have to, if it's been literally planted in a some sort of planter or something, you have to maybe find a way to, like, dig it up and put it in something and move it and replant it. Or move and have it, a series or of puzzles move it like so that. that the, um, or move, move it so the human realises... Oh, that's what I was going to do with this one. I was going to plant it, you know, right in this section or something like that. But then I think you want some, like, I think you want then to have puzzles where it's like, oh, these two plants are looking at each other from across the greenhouse and they're flirting from a distance, but, you know, they have no ability to 
get close to each other. So you have to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to find a way to, you have to convince the grumpy old fucking mushroom or something that's living nearby to let you plant the other plant there. Well, you go through that whole thing and then you realise that you don't have the strength to to move either of them around anywhere when really all you had to do was get a couple of tin cans and some string and they can talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Set up communication systems and things. And then is there an overarching storyline then that you're- Yeah, I think what actually happens is over, over this first- normally it's- over your first month that um, someone comes in from from the Pixie Oversight Committee and yeah. they make sure that you're taught everything right. But they didn't come in and, you're, and they're, you know, to, to give you the training that they'd normally have done. Instead, they're sending out the final evaluator and that determines whether you... Whether you, Whether you just get pop, pop, popped out of existence the same way you're popped into well, existence. Well, I'm thinking... This is more around the entire greenhouse gets completely obliterated. <laughs> so the human that built this greenhouse, like, just just like comes the next day and finds and the greenhouse. Everything gone. is dead. <laughs> Harsh. It's the nuclear option. Harsh. Harsh pixies. Jeez. I thought you were there to help the plants. Well, that's the thing. They are helping them in the long run. <laughs> by giving, by making sure, like, if they can't have a good enough uh, caretaker, then they won't have anything. Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay, three double click. Sure. A doomed spaceship. <sighs> I do love a doomed spaceship. I actually like. The idea of literally it's doomed to the point of the entire game takes place as this, as the orbit of this ship is eroding and. Yeah, in a decaying orbit like and then. falling, is decaying, yeah, and it's falling into the atmosphere of this planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're maybe one of a few crew that's remaining and, yeah, you're obviously just having to. First, maybe figure out if you can save the ship, and then re- when you realise you can't, figuring out how to get out of this alive, I like set, how to it, save as the, many people as possible. Set the self-destruct, which is an optional objective, but it has a difference in the ending, because sure. you don't want this planet that it's going to drop down onto is primitive, and you don't yep. want them having- like, Having the, the technology. The technology. You've got to be able to escape with your life. That's that's priority yeah. number one. That's basically your main your main goal. And um, the research. Mm. I think collecting the research and and having the majority of that. I don't think you've okay. got a time so like, limit I, as such. I think it's no, no. I don't think you've got a time limit. But I like this idea of you can essentially finish the game by escaping alive. Yes, but not having solve those other things appropriately you you know you haven't managed to set the self-destruct and you haven't managed to save take the research with you yeah gives you yeah that's basically gives you three different endings no no matter what when you was the last thing that actually and the thing that sets off the the final part of the game is you escaping yeah Yeah. to keep it nice and simple 
Yeah. No, I like that. So, I like the idea of, like, having a, um, what feels like a, you know, it's a, it's a race against the clock in the fact that the- Yeah, I think this game needs At certain points, there, there is- there's only 7% of oxygen remaining. And, yeah. you know, it's gradually going down. The The orbit will decay in... I think when you look out the windows of this ship, you, like, as you see more and more of, like, the, of the outside heating up as it goes through the atmosphere and you actually start seeing, like, you know, wind and stuff going past, or, you know, debris or whatever. Like, it's literally starting to skim and get into contact with the atmosphere the later you mm-hmm. go. Uh, yeah, I, I think this game should feel really tense the entire time, basically. It should, but when you realise, hey, you can you can sit there and do nothing for four hours. Yeah, and, of and course. And it won't decay. It's basically- it's, a, it's, it's, a, a nar- it's still a narrative that is only moved forward by your actions. Yeah. But- so if, yeah, you've, if you manage to in get, general, if you manage to get, you know, the the points of the game to to the point where you can escape, um, yeah. in four minutes, then that's how long the the orbit took to decay, sort of thing. Like it's well, yeah, I think I think you probably actually avoid using any sort of real time unit. You would say things like seven percent of oxygen left, or you know, we've we've descended this close to the planet, like there's not much time left. But you wouldn't use actual time no. because they can take as long as they need to to solve each section. Yeah. So, how how much- Well, how does it start? How do you reckon it starts? Is this game wake up- Like, does this game start and you are already in this situation? I like the idea that you wake up on the bridge and you've got a gash across your head. Yeah. And no one else is around. Alarms are going. Like, alarms are going off. Yep. And may- maybe you were found right next to the captain's quarters or something like that. So you you have a feeling that you might be to do with the captain. So who like, are, no who one else are is you? There. Oh, so you don't? Have, are you? Have you lost your memory? I I kind of like the idea that you have, but you kind of you kind of can piece together very quickly that. The computer wants you to, to. I like I like having doing a bit research. of a fake out. I like doing a bit of a fake out actually, where you start and you you start the game as if your character has completely lost its memory, lost their memory. But yeah, like the computer just immediately tells you who you are, what your job is, mm-hmm. what you have for breakfast, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, okay, I remember. I was just first like, mate, Kevin shaking. McNally. <laughs> yeah, what, I kind of like the idea of them being a science officer or something, maybe, but um, like not even necessarily bridge crew. Mm. They were there to give a report to the to the first officer or something on the research that they've been doing of studying this primitive mm-hmm. uh, civilization on the planet that they're orbiting. Maybe the computer has lost some data. Maybe the computer can't tell you what's happened. All, might, all I can tell you easy. is that there is one escape pod left, but yep. it is currently and, not functional. Blah, blah, blah. And seven crew members detected on board or something. Yeah. And I, I think the escape pod can hold enough people. Like, I think that's enough. Pe- or, or, you know, 
Or maybe it can hold six or something. <laughs> but, but yeah, that you sort of, you wake up and you're in the, the sort of the final, the final stages of this disaster. Nobody had realized you were there. Mm-hmm. They're all because they're all busy doing other things, and then as you start to explore the ship, you find the other people who are left. And do do you think the bridge crew are all gone and disappeared from the from the ship? I think the captain's dead. Mm-hmm. I think the first officer then is still on board. So my question is: Did the computer kill them? Why? Why would they have? Because. I mean, it's an interesting hook, but I'm just. I'm just trying to think whether this is just something that the the computer's been given orders that, you know. I don't don't know that you need a conspiracy in this. I kind of like it. I kind of like it being fairly straightforward in that way of. It hit a satellite. There you go. Yeah. Like, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's. Well, that's interesting because if it's a primitive primitive civilization, where did that satellite come from? Oh. I mean, if you mean a man-made satellite. As in, I'm thinking, you know, to an alien, we may be primitive. So, you know, because we can't travel through space right now. We don't have the technology to do that. We can launch things into space, but that's it. Right. Uh, Okay. I like the idea then that they are just at that early stage of- of space exploration or of, of 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 space launching at all? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking so the 60s we, so the, sort of thing. So it's not, but I like I like that you know because it t- you know, obviously took uh, it takes a while for light to travel you know for whatever. So the your team wasn't expecting there to be satellites orbiting this planet, mm-hmm. and so they kind of didn't account for it or something because you know the. The the data on how, exactly how advanced this civilization was is was a bit out of date, or it's it, it it may have been you know when when you took off you know three light years ago, it might have been just fine, but they're they're just in their early stages of setting up all these satellites yeah. and stuff, and yeah, well that's it. It could be that whatever interstellar travel you have is relativistic or whatever, and. When you set off, you had a certain amount of information, and when you got there, that you know, information for them, no for them hundreds of mm. years have passed for this planet. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it could even be like, oh, you come out of warp speed. We came out of warp speed or whatever, and literally intersected with a satellite. So, like, you could go. Like, I, I like actually, I like that idea. If you find, you find the core of the computer, and it's got a satellite sticking out of it. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking you find you like you go to yeah you go to like one of the the data rooms or whatever, and there's literally you know intersected the matter is intersected with the ship this this huge you know this satellite um, like a large satellite, and that's obviously caused havoc and and taken certain systems offline and caused this whole disaster. Also. I don't want to tell you this now, but that little puddle on the ground, that's the captain. He was standing right there. He was getting his physical. <laughs> well, the captain, the, literally the captain intersected with the satellite. In, in so the medical half the, Yeah, that's where it happened. And there's half, a, like, a chunk out of the captain with the other chunk literally 
They tried know, saving him. Turned into turned into antimatter from intersecting with matter in the yeah. same exact position. They, they they tried saving him, but the but the brainy part was too <laughs> far gone. Brainy part. <laughs> it was too far gone. Do you mean the head? <laughs> well, yes, as, the brainy part. As you know, as ca- medical officer, I must use the correct terminology. <laughs> the captain the captain was a glaucon, and as we all know, glaucons have their hearts in their chests. Their hearts, their hearts in their chests. Yes, so unusual. <laughs> and their brains. And their, in their brain butts. is right next to. It. <laughs> I meant to say their brains are where their hearts meant to be, and their heart the, is, the, heart this, is in their ass. We all know that glaucons are so empathetic because their brains and their and their hearts are, are directly connected. <laughs> are one in the same. Yes, their brain <laughs> pumps blood and and feelings through their body. <laughs> The idea of a brain pumping <laughs> thoughts around in the same way a heart does, and blood and blood is just electrical electrical signals. Yeah. That's how they send somehow send ox like keep things oxygenated through electrical stimulation through nerves. Uh. <laughs> but yes, and and I do I digress. I kind of like the idea of bringing on. Like maybe a medical hologram, kind of like a an homage to like a Voyager to, thing to Voyager, but it's a very very mundane sort of um, very primitive hologram that just a floating head, low resolu- like low poly, and and it's kind of like it's no better than like a a Google it speaks a like Google Dr. Doc. Spazzo. <laughs> it's just a Google Doc. It's uh, or Google holographic web, web MD. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's just something about it. Them calling it, you know, Google Doc, because Google Doc. <laughs> Doc now sponsored sponsored by Google. <laughs> they put, they installed. They actually in, no. They ins, they installed the wrong Google Doc. It was meant to be the like super advanced medical, you know, hologram hologram with a whole dictionary of things. But instead, it's just a spreadsheet system. <laughs> <laughs> well, a word system. <laughs> It's a word processor. (laughs) It's a word processor. Okay, so why why is it possible to exit the game without like getting all the all the uh, research? I mean, I think that I think we just have some key points where you have to. Maybe you either have to make a decision about how to save solve a puzzle. Uh, maybe you can only get the research if you sacrifice someone or something like that. <laughs> There's six pieces of research and seven crew members. <laughs> <laughs> the, the research, the computers on this ship are very old and the research take, like the data banks take up a whole person amount of room. So if we're going to get them in the escape pod. Then, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Tim, you can't come. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about like magnetic, ma- magnetic storage media that you've, you know, you've got to get these floppy disks and, you know, it's cassette tapes, like, like Commodore 64, it, you know, <laughs> you just got these stacks of fucking, yeah, magnetic audio logs drives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something, something like that. I think you just have it be. A narrative choice. Because I don't think just having whole sections of the game that you could just ignore is, is what you want. No. I think it's 
I, I think it's essentially going to get sort of a like, different ending. May, may, maybe kind of like in a lot of these games that, you know, you got the audio logs that are missable along the way. That's basically, the, that's what yeah. the research is. It's like, that's that's your Well, I think maybe stuff it's, just, it's more of a, it's a story, but like it's a factor in the story. Is, yeah. You know, you've been doing this research... Uh, although I guess if you just got here, it's not, maybe it's from the research from the last planet or something. Um, <laughs> or maybe we do it, maybe we, maybe we make it that you have been here for a while and you've been researching and it's not the whole intersecting with a satellite as you come out of warp thing. But whatever, no. we figure that out. You've got vital out research they've, on they've board. Got, um, they've got like primitive beaming technology and they beamed it right into the path of your, uh, beamed it right on right into your ship because that's i mean that could actually what could be an interesting thing there is maybe there is something going on where either somebody made a mistake or someone has purposefully purposefully been feeding this primitive more primitive society technology and so yes they literally have been experimenting with teleportation and they teleported something directly into like intersecting your ship because uh, then you could have some real cool things with, you know, it's it is the medical officer or something who felt bad for these people and thought they deserved the technology, mm-hmm. but you know has realised oh they because they didn't earn it and learn all the steps along the way they're misusing it now and yeah and then inadvertently caused this whole disaster and what it all comes down to is. Um, they saw how they actually treated, like, the replicator t- technology, and they started charging all the people in the world for to, like, make make food, and they didn't they didn't share out the replicator technology yeah. with everyone. It was just, now you just come to the supermarket, and that's where you buy your food. And- yeah, it's basically made everything cheaper for the large corporations. And but they haven't, still- reduced the- <laughs> they haven't reduced yeah, the they prices. Yeah, they haven't passed that on to anyone, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And then, actually, what would be really interesting is, you know, you have this misguided medical officer who has done this, but the choice you end up making is do you take the research that's vital for, like, that you need to send this back to your, you know, to your civilization so that they know, you know, it's more evidence, it's more reason not to do this ever again, but you can only, like, your choices do that or... uh, um, or save the medical officer, like, who who caused it all in the first place, even if it was, you know, basically uh, that they had good intentions. Mm-hmm. That could be a fun little dilemma to put the player through. The, the final thing is just that the medical officer is there, but I had good intentions. And he closes the thing and locks it and goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions eject and <laughs> yeah the escape pod goes off and you just see the the medical officer the medical officer no. like burning up in the atmosphere <laughs> their faces all melting off and <laughs> it's the goriest like most detailed shot of the entire entire game it's basically that scene from um, from Indiana Jones and the yeah, Raiders of the Lost Star. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where the guy's face is melting, except it's, yeah. like, as if it was actually real and, like, the muscle structure is getting burnt to a crisp and there's kind of like... Oh, that, yeah, I'm sure we can do some stage, great, like, stage where, um, where he's very Freddy Krueger-like and then it goes further. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we'll just make everyone sick at the final moments of the game. <laughs> yep. Okay, so I'm going to do one more. Let's do um, one more. Have to be a little bit quick, maybe, but we'll see how. We'll see how into it we get. The location. <laughs> attic. Ooh, an attic. Yes. I okay. like. Me, me likey an attic. You can do a lot with an attic. Yeah, so I mean the obvious the obvious way to go is some sort of ghost sort of thing. Yeah. But and we can we can do that if we want, but I would like to have a think about the less obvious things. I like the idea of kids playing hide and seek. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking kids as well. Kids in an attic. I mean kids in an attic screams very much Goonies to me and is just going, Goonies, 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 yeah, Goonies. Yeah, it also it gave me a never-ending story kind of vibe as well. Yeah, where he's a never-ending story, you know. but it also gave me a vibe of what we have done before, which is, like, played with finding letters in an attic that came from, like, a war, and that war ended up being, like, an alien invasion and not not what everyone thought it was. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I like the idea of a, du- a dusty attic and... A kid hiding up there, and you know, saying, "I've found the perfect hiding spot." But while they're while they're up there, they find something. They that find is something like I know. Mm. It, I, I like the idea of finding like an old chest or finding an old gramophone. Yeah, not knowing what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, and then like finding something on the records that's unusual. Find finding this this small little handle and it's got like something at the side and there's there's like a little hole and they can put it into and it and it turns and it's kind of like a a hill's hoist crank <laughs> yeah i knew you were gonna go there <laughs> crank technology um- Crank what could technology. we do with crank technology? <laughs> well, I feel like in the you, people used to crank things a lot mm. or wind things, cars, you know, their cars, their gramophones, their hills hoist. I think a kid of a modern kid wouldn't know, wouldn't understand crank technology. No, uh, so it's a bit unusual to them. Whether whether it's a gramophone or whether it's an old an old mirror, okay. I, I kind of like the idea of playing with a, they see a mystical in the world then? and seeing things that shouldn't be in the mirror. Kind of like um, in that weird, like, magical property by that, you know, turf, turfy lady. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, like, this this mirror of desire sort of thing that, that people's, people can see what happens in the future. Uh, I'll do. I don't mind that idea, and I don't think that's actually a, a copyrighted thing. That by no, I'm sure we can have a mirror that shows odd things. Yes, I guess I just for the for the story is it like is it a portal to another place? Is it showing them something about themselves? Is it showing them the future or the past or a different story or a different person? Does their reflection jump out of it and? What if they make friends with the? They look in the mirror and they don't see anything reflecting back. Mm. But their sister, their sibling, comes up and they see, like, they just see, they themselves. see themselves. And okay, that's kind of like I don't know. 
has something actually happened to this happened to this kid? Mm. And it's sort of like a mystery sort of thing. Are they like straddled between? Is the world on the other side of the mirror like a a dimension where they didn't survive an accident as a kid or something like they they died when they were younger? I like that. That's interesting. I'm picturing this because I was just thinking, like, okay, how would we, you know, how would we show this? I mean, um, because a mirror is really a portal to another world when you're talking about computer. Within the computer, like, doing a mirror is one of the hardest things that you can actually do. So. Um, I like this almost as a, like, PS1 style 3D. I'm literally. I'm graphics like I'm obviously hearing, I'm hearing my my mind voice going and all the polygons are kind of moving around but it's got that no, sort no, of no. blockiness to to the to the people looking in the mirror and going I can't see anything like <laughs> well I think just a a, a, a stylized low poly yeah. 3D with that sort of thing would be cool where alone in the dark yeah, they're, they're almost expression low polyness yeah, probably, yeah. Without the tank controls. <laughs> no, God, no. No, I think modern, yeah, j- just from the style point of view, um, could be could be kind of interesting. I just, f- for whatever reason, I had that in my head. So, is this a third-person adventure game? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I'm picturing puzzles being things like, you know, because you, you, you're there with your sibling, and maybe they're twins. Maybe it's like fraternal twins, boy-girl twins- Love it. And they start going and, like, getting photos of themselves together and holding them up to the mirror and seeing differences in them. Mm. And then and then they hold up one of their family with their grandfather and, you know, and the grandfather isn't in there. Like, mm. and- Yeah, like, it starts giving them- You start finding clues then to- Of who to talk to next. What happened, Yeah. And if you talk to your grandfather, he actually, he says that this is his mirror and there's a reason why it's up in the attic and shouldn't, you shouldn't well, go snooping of, around in. Well, I kind of, I don't, I feel like it's, I kind of like the idea that nobody else actually knows about it. I think it's, I think the fun comes from the investigation of this and figuring these things out. But that, that's a clue essentially that, oh, grandpa, grandpa's missing from this too. You do go and talk to Grandpa and he tells a story about when he took you kids fishing when you were, like, too young. Like, you were, like, three years old or something. And, you know, you went little Johnny for- fell, off the, fell off the boat and Grandpa went in to save him and narrowly avoided getting hit by the- like blades of the motorboat or something, you know? <laughs> oh, like something happened. So like there was gory. some, <laughs> there was some moment where he survived and saved mm-hmm. Johnny, but obviously in this mirror universe, he they were both killed. I mean, maybe that maybe revealing that immediately is too is too much, uh, or, or maybe that just kicks off like, oh, well, what else is di-? like? Maybe there's a maybe they have to do something. Maybe they have to. Find out what else is different from this place to, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's just something about, you know, in, 
someone mentioned instead of this being a mirror, they call it a looking glass, and it kind of gives you the idea that there's actually a world through the looking glass mm. that, you know, potentially, you know, it's showing you what what happens in in this other world, which is why it's different to all the other mirrors around. Like, this one's actually, you know, potentially got um, some way of actually travelling into the other into the other world. Right, and then changing things. Or well, not necessarily changing things, but investigating from that side and seeing what happens. But right. the problem is, if someone goes through that has, like, your sister goes through, or brother, I don't know, which whichever one you yeah, decide whichever to. whichever way we go with it, yeah. yeah. And their mirror person comes out on the other side. Right. Well, yeah, they would, I guess. And so now they they kind of have a little bit more control. Like, all of a sudden, you know, your brother or sister stops actually responding to what you want them to, you know, to anything on this side because there's only people on the on the outside who have full control because whoever's on the inside of this. Like, are you saying that they don't respond to you as a player? Oh, yeah, as in now they're not the ones in control of the body, like the mirror person actually is. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's very interesting to bring out that mirror person and then- They now yeah, have control I'm- over the body and when, when you actually show up again- Well, I think it's more just- I think it, I think it just confers the story along quite well if those- Like, it's not about switching into that body. It's that literally- those pe- two people have switched places between these universes mm-hmm. because, like, obviously for uh, your sibling to see themselves in the mirror, on the other side, that the sibling in that world had to be there for some reason. And so, mm-hmm. now you can talk to them and find out why they're there. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I went up to the attic and went to this mirror and saw my dead brother, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all grown up. And so, I've been, you know- Bringing photos up here, like they're doing the exact opposite of you, but for the different reasons. But I, then I heard a could- bang up here, and I, I then found this mirror, and like I looked in, and I, I saw your face, and yeah, exactly. Uh, but then that can give you, you know, some additional clues, and and then maybe you like because then if you go into the mirror there's obviously not another one of you to come out the other side. And so it's, uh, but you can explore and talk to people yeah. on that side, perhaps. But you've got to be very careful because if they see you and they realise that you're you're actually the brother, they yeah, like, try to keep yes. you here on this side. And Yeah, well, I mean, that could be part of the story. Maybe it's, maybe that's a big part of it. Maybe it's making the decision of, uh, you know, trying to go back into your own world, but the people here who have you've been lost from, for, you know, a decade. So, chapter one, they smash the mirror. They smash the looking glass. You go through it and they smash it to keep you on that side. Yeah. Yeah. And so, chapter two, like, many years later, like, when we get more money for it, is you piecing it back right. together and, and, you know, sort of researching who created this and you come across... A man, Mr. Lewis Carroll, who... who <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that idea, though, of pe- of having to piece it back together, or at least or find another mirror into that same universe or something. Mm. 
you know, your are you there are you there with the sibling from your dimension or it depends. I, I do I can see it both ways in but I do like the idea that you can you yourself can cross over because there's no there's nothing stopping you in the in the mirror when you try to push through. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that both of you try to push through gives gives something <laughs> to stop. But because there's nothing to stop you because yeah. you're on the Because you, there's no dead, you on the other side. You can pass through and That's kinda cool. It's actually the same with all mirrors. It's just that for some reason in this in this particular instance maybe this particular dimension because uh, I think that each mirror is a dimension maybe hmm. which is actually kind of cool again like it's an infinite dimension sort of thing and then yeah, you're just quantum do, leaping I, all the way through <laughs> I do like the well I do like the idea of each mirror appears into a different dimension but the vast 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 majority of them the thing that is different in that dimension will never be reflected in that mirror hmm. just because of the minuscule possibilities of, you know, that coincidence happening, basically, that the mirror that sees into a particular dimension would be different enough, like the things on the other side would be different enough. It just so happens that, and yeah, maybe someone sorted out, maybe someone, maybe there is a thing of like, someone figured this out and specifically sought, you know, found a way to essentially bring mirrors closer to where the discrepancy is between their dimensions so that they could study it or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you could go into some kind of deep, deep lore there around, you know, people figuring that out or something. I mean, I'm just super proud that I came up with a, with a plausible, <laughs> plausible explanation as to why you can c- travel through this mirror just <laughs> off the top of my head that there's nothing stopping yeah, you sense. when you touch the mirror like, because there's there's nothing there to stop you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, can't, none of us can go through mirrors if the person on the other side is pushing, pushing back, back with the exact same force. Exactly. Yeah. Equal and opposite reaction. That's what... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Newton taught us that, yeah. right? It's like what Newton... <laughs> <laughs> Which which law of Newton's is one it? of the laws? One of the laws. Anyway, I think that's a that's all we've got time for tonight. It is. It is. So thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you'd like to uh, listen to any of our previous episodes, <gasps> we've got previous. We episodes. have some. This is not the first episode of Bitstorm. I thought it was. Oh no, no. we did one last week as well. We did one last week There's and at least a week two. before and about 270-odd weeks before That's that. right. Yeah. Mirror Me did the rest of them. Did I say what? that out loud? All right. Well, putting that aside for a second, we'll come back to that. Uh, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. That's where the episodes are. And mm. also leave us a review. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Do you like the music that we play at the start and end? That song is called Mantifiance, off of the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. Uh, it's a free album. You can download it and it's got us on it. It's really yeah. kind of cool. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. Well, no, you just told me that you're not. No, I'm the you mirror version of Travis Scott. You just told me that you're... Yeah, and I think we're going to have to do something about My this. My name trailer. is actually Sorry. Robert. Uh, is it Robert T- Tosk? No, Tox. 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 Robert, Robert Tox. Yep. Uh, well, Robert, we've got some, ex- you got some explaining <laughs> to do. <laughs>
Tschüss. <lacht>